Thanks for joining us for the Customer Experience Podcast. My name is Troy Batchelor, and we're going to be discussing client-centric best practices, tools, and ideas with today's top facility management leaders. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Please be sure to share it on any of your social media platforms, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook. We'd love to hear your feedback as well. If you have ideas for future podcasts or future interviews, please uh, be sure to email me, troybatchelor at frenchcompanyllc.com, and I look forward to uh, getting your feedback. Enjoy. So Bennett, thanks for joining us today. I appreciate you jumping on the call and uh, sharing your experience with everybody on the podcast. Well, I, my name is Ben Vinwer. I'm the National Sales Sales Manager for DWM Comprehensive Facility Solutions. And we do uh, facilities, maintenance, construction, water filtration for large retail brands, uh, retail, restaurant, grocery brands all across North America. So. I got into this role about uh, just over a year ago, so it was actually February of 2017. Um, before that, I actually worked for not-for-profit in fundraising, so wow. uh, not quite the same sort of sales role that I'm in now, but there's a lot of similarities in how you get to know those people, uh, what they care about, what their, you know, their the heartstrings are, or now what their needs are, what their pains are. So in that way, there are a lot of yeah, I was going to say, that's really interesting because a lot of what you learned, uh, for lack of a better word, knocking on doors um, uh, in the non, not-for-profit, I mean, United Way, uh, you know, nobody, sure, they're willing to speak to you, but, and to make those connections, you have to be, you can't be afraid to reach out to people that are at those higher levels and have those discussions, and it kind of forced you into that. That's that's a very interesting correlation. I don't know that I've talked to anybody that's kind of come from that direction. That's uh, so what attracted you to the role that you have now? Well, in the role I have now, I, I wanted to be in a place where I can make a pretty direct impact on the company. So being the national sales manager, I you know have a pretty direct influence on where we'll be next year, five years from now. Right. So that's exciting. That's a uh, very purposeful, meaningful for what I do every day. It's, uh, I also want to be part of a great company. You know, what attracted you? What challenges did you have coming in? And I guess if you gave yourself advice, now that you've been in it for a little while, if you had to give yourself advice back then, what would you have told yourself? Sure. Well, and, and coming into it, thinking about facilities, I thought it was more so janitorial work. So okay. I didn't understand the whole, uh, you know, handyman electrical plumbing and then the construction remodel side of things. So. Uh, those were definitely new to me, and it's been a, a huge learning curve getting to know about uh, HVAC and you know more in depth in the plumbing systems and how remodels work. Um, so by all means, it's been a, a huge learning experience for me, but it's been been a lot of fun in that too. Um, there's of course so much still to learn, but I've I've come a long way in the last year. Uh, I would say. Some of the things that, that I've learned over that, that time that maybe I wish I, I had known when I first came into it is, you know, first of all, the, the sales cycle in this industry is, is pretty long. So I yeah. uh, just have to be patient. And that's something that uh, was a little bit different from where I came from before, where we have, uh, you know, the, the scheduled campaigns that come out yearly. And you kind of have it, you know, you start it up, you close it, you know where everything is, you're done. Right. Uh, this is a whole lot different. So the, the cycle is longer. Uh, you deal with a lot more leads, um, 
different industries, different, uh, different people, different roles, whether you're procurement, whether you're facilities, whether you're construction. Absolutely. And I think that's something that uh, our, with, well, and I don't know that it's unique to the industry, but um, in the larger retailers, there's usually not one person who's making the decision. It's usually a group of people that are making the decision and how much, um, how different and unique each organization is upon itself, where you may have two segments of the organization working together in one company, right? Construction and facilities Some in some companies work really well together. And in the next company, they don't speak to each other. And it's the strangest thing you've ever seen. And you have to deal specifically with construction or specifically with facilities maintenance. And it's not that they're combative. It's just their organizations are siloed to the point where they make independent decisions. They have independent budgets. They don't typically try to leverage uh, all that kind of stuff. It's just really unique in how that, uh, that plays out. Would you agree with that? I would completely. And you know, that, that affects how we approach those companies too, as you know, right. you know, whether it's, uh, uh, are they overseeing both departments? Are they overseeing construction and facilities or is that completely different? And, uh, are the people who are building the stores in touch with the people who are maintaining the stores? And that can be a disconnect sometimes too, when you use the material that is impossible to maintain and then you have to fix it. And it's, uh, you know, the cost is, not what they expected. Um, right. So it is. It's interesting how how and everybody's different too. There there's not a clear cut way uh, for retail, restaurants, or uh, grocery or healthcare or anything. Now, one of the things you mentioned earlier was uh, that steep learning curve when you came into the industry. Were there some specific resources that you used? Um, and, and I guess the second part of that question was. There's industry-related stuff, but then did you do any formalized like sales training or go through anything like that as well? Yeah, and, and mainly on my own. Um, okay. I've been to a few, you know, one-day seminars or, um, you know, kind of things here and there like that. But once I knew uh, that I wanted to be in sales and that's something that I knew I would be able to be good at and make a, a career out of, then I started, you know, as you and I talked about previously, you know, yep. podcasts and uh, Audible, um, those things that, that are just huge. And that's, I guess, going back to something I wish I knew when I was coming out of school was that you're not done learning. And yep. that uh, the more that you can take in all by yourself, the more valuable you're going to be. And really, it's that easy. So it, it's almost just realizing that those resources are so close. So when you have a, oh, I wonder about that. Yes, seriously, Google it. And, you well, can find and, the answer. and it takes away everybody's excuses, right? You know, if I don't know how to do something, uh, and that goes back to even folks we deal with on a regular basis, you know, you can say, hey, I need you to, I need you to do something with this Excel document. Well, I don't know how to do that. Well, just Google it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you'll learn in like 10 minutes what to do, on, and you'll be able to do it in Excel, no problem. Um, so one of the things that uh, we tend to focus on is obviously – how uh, the facility maintenance industry really impacts the end customer experience, right? And a lot of it is unseen. You know, the customer, you and I, when we go grocery shopping or we go to the store or whatever, now you or I, it may be a conscious thought of what that facility looks like, but the majority of customers 
really probably pay zero attention to what it is consciously. It's unconsciously that they pay attention to a lot of those things. And, you know, as being national sales director, uh, kind of talk to us about how you communicate that uh, or work with companies in that aspect. Because everybody's about, uh, you know, how do they support their brand, right? That's a big deal right now. It's hot button or hot topic. Would you agree? I would, yeah. And, and the store, the in-store or on-site experience seems to be taking – uh, a little more precedence over some other aspects of it too. So, and companies look at it differently too. Some sometimes it's a very basic line item, um, and and every every brand has different expectations. If you're a high end retailer, uh, or if you're you know a, a dollar store, yep. uh, there's going to be a whole lot of different expectations, and they have different budgets, different different amount they're willing to spend or put into the store uh, because they understand usually they have a good understanding of what that payback looks like for their brand. Uh, so we fit in exactly, you know, how they want to see it. But that's something that you need to pretty much have your, your finger on the pulse of, because if you go in with bids that are, that are here when they should be, you know, down here, then that that's not showing a good understanding of what they're looking for. But right. you know, it, that, that support of their image is completely different for every brand. And, <clears throat> Excuse me. And I think as things change in retail, especially, those change pretty frequently. So uh, again, with getting to know your your clients and the relationships that you build, like you talked about, that's super important because you want to be ahead of that curve as they're they're making those changes and and offering solutions that are more aligned with the direction they're trying to go and the value that they're trying to provide their customers. So uh, the more in tune you can be with that. I think the better we are as resources for our clients because, you know, we're truly trying to work through this with them. Have there been any like uh, trends that you've noticed that, you know, retailers are paying more attention to uh, this specific aspect of uh, facility maintenance? I mean, from your company deals with a lot of different, um, uh, I, I guess, verticals in the facility maintenance piece. And so have you seen any kind of trends that way that, you know, it just seems more and more we're focusing more on this particular aspect of that brand image piece? You know, again, I guess both retail and restaurants are changing to where it's uh, generally I'd say people are spending less time in the stores and that goes for restaurants as well. So uh, with, with uh, you know, the quick serve pickup windows or curbside to go or even drive throughs at places that you wouldn't think of for having a drive-through, you know, it's not quite a McDonald's or, you know, whether you get a pizza through a drive-through, things like that. Most retailers, I mean, you know, now with the uh, click and pick up, uh, you know, your, your customers are not necessarily spending as much time in the location. So how do you leverage that visit um, either to pick up the items or whatever so that they pick up something else. So, because, you know, if you're as a retailer, as a past retailer, you know, it's not just about what you came for. I want to, I want to sell you something that you didn't expect to get when you come for that one item you get. So if I'm a grocer and you came to get milk, I need to figure out how do I sell you cereal or a donut or, you know, something else, uh, a glass to put the milk in, a bowl to put something right? Because that's where I'm going to make my money is making your trip 
uh, more than what you intended it to be. Not, you know, there's still value there, but that's my job as a retailer is to help you uh, see those values in other things. Yeah, certainly. And I, you know, now that digging into it a little bit more from that aspect, we see that a lot in uh, on the construction side because it seems that maybe retailers are a little quicker to change the layout or the design of their store mm-hmm. because that's much more, it, that that experience is much more, um, I guess it's more important than it used to be. So sure. as they continue to uh, try to improve profits and, and increase store traffic, the complete layouts of the store change. So whether that's not only getting a little bit smaller, um, but yeah, you know, making sure the traffic flows is uh, up to where it needs to be or, or that it's in, integrated with the certain technology that they have in the store or that the whatever deals they have going on or whatever's more profitable for them, that can completely change the design of their store. Uh, and that's for retail or, you know, even if you're a grocery store, that's going to change the, the flow um, and, and where people shop. Talk to me about some of the uh, like productivity hacks. I mean, how do you stay productive being in the road all the time with continued responsibilities? So, yeah, it's difficult. So having some sort of a strategy that you want to have ahead of time before you travel, um, you know, a schedule set up for while you're, you're traveling, whether it's to see clients or whatever, uh, but making sure that you have that time to focus on what you need to focus on. Uh, And I think that means, prioritizing it to a to even higher level while you're traveling because you might not be able to answer all the emails like you would when you're in the office. Uh, you may not be able to hit every to-do item that you have uh, while you're out of the office. I, I heard something one time that uh, even being tired, your perception of how tired you are decreases when you get more tired. So it's, it's kind of uh, similar to somebody who's had too much to drink. They're not really aware of how uh, how much they've had to drink and how it's affecting them because that whole system is like a negative feedback loop for their own judgment upon themselves. So at the same thing, when you get tired, you don't realize how much it's affecting you, how much uh, you know less focused you are, how much less you're actually getting done. And we actually have for for our, our whole company, we have a, a top six that we're supposed to have every day. And just at the same thing, when our, our service coordinators and our team leads are, are working on all of this work and their, their inbox is just, you know, blowing up faster than they can keep track of it, they need to have this top six sheet. Um, yeah, explain a little bit about that. That's an interesting concept, a top Yeah, six. it's actually, so this is what all of our uh, employees have. It's a Very notepad helpful. every day, you know, you can, you can carry it over to the next day. But... Um, yeah, it's just constantly prioritizing because if you can do the most important things, um, if you get those out of the way, then the rest of your day is already productive. So on this um, priority or the, the top six thing, do you guys have like regular stand-up meetings or things that you guys do as an organization that you feel helps in that productivity? I think people might be interested in some of that as well. Yeah, I mean, I think overall, you know, we do have a weekly senior staff meeting uh, where we you know, try to determine what what changes we can make to be more efficient, to be more effective uh, at senior staff level and as a company. Uh, so how do we get more efficient, leaner? Um, how do we remove those bottlenecks that are going to let our team 
uh, get more done, uh, be able to do more work in the same period of time, whatever that is. Um, you know, we do have, we do a monthly lunch and learn. So that's where the entire company gets together. We conference in our Orlando office. Uh, we'll do lunch for everybody. And we usually cover specific topics. Right. Uh, so, you know, we try to involve everybody. And overall, we're, we're pretty transparent with, with everything that we do. So uh, we want everybody to understand uh, what's going on, where we're headed, what our goals are, um, you know, what we think we need to improve. I don't want to say necessarily a younger crowd, but uh, it seems like your your organization has been very good at attracting that younger talent into the maintenance industry. Are there any uh, things that you guys do specifically, areas you target or schools you look for or things like that? Because I think other organizations would be interested in how can we begin to att uh, uh, attract the younger uh, group yeah, and you know, in having those good fits when we we bring new employees on, is huge because you not only want to enjoy working with that person every day, but you need to work together as as teammates, and you want to have somebody that you know is going to do the same for you as you would do for them. And you know, when we travel for the shows, um, you know, it's just great to travel with people that are are positive people that are. Uh, fun to be around that are just as energetic and uh, you know want to continue growing just like just like you do so being around those people that are similar to you uh, you know that just adds to the whole culture so we try to be pretty selective I would say with with who we add to the team because those are people just like your family that you spend a lot of time with and, and you want to enjoy that time Absolutely. How do you see the next, say, five or ten years in the industry? What do you what do you see it happening? Yeah, you know, with the store experience, as we talked about, that continues to be uh, something that gets more attention, but also exactly what that looks like. There, there's so many things with virtual reality and augmented reality that you can do with the store experience, and and some of that doesn't necessarily mean being in the store all the time. You know, yeah. there are things where you can try on a, a you know, a shirt or, uh, you know, you see what the piece of furniture would look like in your living room before you even go in the store just through the use of an app. So uh, from the service side, I think the apps and the, the CMMS and those technology pieces are so important because, uh, you know, I think proprietary software, and I was impressed when I sat with you at the breakfast at Specs and heard about what you guys did uh, with, with the whole uh, kind of uh, store tours that you guys do to map the stores, map the stores was, was pretty impressive. And there's so many things that like that where um, I'm sure there's going to be things in the next few years that seem like they were so obvious that somebody comes up with just like a, like Uber, Lyft, yeah. things like that, that are like, you know, why didn't I think of that? I, you know, I think it just changes the path. I, I, I would totally agree with you. I think retail as an industry has been slow to adopt um, newer technology. I think we're seeing a lot of that change uh, now where they are. Uh, and, you know, unfortunately, Amazon Go and those type folks are really helping push the envelope and making for, and forcing people to the industry as a whole to look at those different technologies. But I think it's not just on the retail side, direct to the customer. It, it's on our side too, to your point, looking at ways, how can we be more productive? How can we 
uh, how can we manage more with less? You know, I think that's the exciting part in the next five to 10 years that really will begin to attract a younger uh, group of folks is that it is not just about maintaining uh, HVAC systems or checking on the parking lot or is the lighting okay or are the toilets working all right. It is the technology, I think, aspect of managing facilities differently, um, creating that uh, and it, how it translates down to the customer and helping the customer being the corporate customer as well as the customer being me, the end consumer, uh, shop differently, act differently, work differently, all that kind of stuff. That's really what I think is going to attract the younger group to uh, the industry is all this new changing in technology because uh, it's going to be cool. And things like this, remote work, remote conferencing, uh, all of that is going to be helpful for the millennials and folks who really want a different work relationship than what they have today. Well, I think we're just in the direction that we we're headed there. I've had a few mentors over the, the last five years that have been super impactful to my professional career and me personally. So uh, I encourage everybody to seek out mentors, whether it's their local market, uh, whether it's things like this or people you meet at the shows. Uh, I know RIFMA Specs, uh, I'm sure PRISM does as well. There, there are programs that, you know, Again, with technology, there are so many people that know so much more than you that you can learn from that are so accessible. So as long as you, you ask them, engage them the right way, ask good questions, there's wealth of knowledge that are, that are there as well. That's fantastic advice. Yeah, find somebody to mentor, mentor you. It doesn't necessarily have to be from your company or your organization. Uh, there are plenty of folks out there on LinkedIn, on in different organizations. Reach yeah. out and ask somebody. Uh, you'd be surprised probably at how willing they are to, uh, to step into that role and be a mentor. That's great advice. Absolutely. Exactly. Well, Bennett, thanks for the time. We appreciate it. And uh, I will put every, your contact information below. If folks want to reach out and know more maybe about your uh, top six uh, priority thing or what your company does and, and how you could help them. And uh, again, just thanks for the time. We really appreciate it. Yeah, by all means, Troy. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for joining us on the, today's podcast. Look for us every couple of weeks. Be sure to subscribe. Also, please share with everyone you know on all of your social media platforms. We would appreciate the promotion. And if you have ideas for guests or topics, we'd love to hear from you. Email me at troybachelor at frenchcompanyllc.com. And we'll see you on the next podcast.